GearWebsites.com is your source for firearms-based playing cards and books. We also have mugs, shirts, and posters with designs that we've made live. Of course, we have patches every Friday. is free patch Friday. We appreciate your support. Thank you for shopping at GearWebsites.com. everybody to our daily gun show come to you live every weeknight every single weeknight at midnight eastern and we talk about guns for at least an hour very rarely that this show is under an hour every once in a while most of the time it's over an hour here's the deal i'm willing to go all night so if you'd like to see a, a judge conversation focused on firearms and more often the second amendment that lasts all night long, just like the old Art Bell show used to be, then why don't you consider jumping over to our Patreon? We've got a little scroll at the bottom of the screen there. It says, our Patreons, the people who subscribe to what we do here, make it possible for us to spend time on projects like this one. Thank you. And then we have a link to it. It's patreon.com slash gun websites. And, uh, Tell you what, when you're over there, take a look around because things you're gonna like Patreon because there's people over there making interesting content, interesting things, and you can subscribe to those things. You could literally invest in the creation of what you respect. With that, thanks to those 148 people, I think right now, people that are supporting what we're doing, we really do appreciate it. It gives me the time to spend on projects like this each evening, as well as what I do all day long, and then the software, the servers, and some little stuff along the way. We're not doing any traveling, uh, although there is a bunch of traveling to be talking about this weekend. We'll be talking about that tonight. There is training happening also this weekend we'll be talking about that tonight also there was a chat in sand hills media's channel earlier tonight focused on training we could talk about that uh brooke cheney been posting all kinds of videos with the firearms instructors we could talk about that there's been some other talk of firearms training besides that we could talk about all of those things however Lots of travel opportunities coming up, so we can talk about travel also. First thing let's talk about is our obligation as people who live in this country. One of them is to be good, what's the word, 
um, constituents in order to tell our representatives how to do their job, we need to give them a call once in a while. And tomorrow morning, if you haven't already done it, is a great time to do so. Make it your first thing to do in the morning, especially if you're over here on the decent coast, because we can get up a lot later than y'all on the metric coast. But when you're uh, waking up in the morning, make your, your first thing to do is to call those representatives and let them know that you're not, well, let them know your opinion. I don't really care what your opinion is of the assault weapons ban and the um, removal of the harassing lawsuits for the gun, man, uh, gun industry. So what they're attempting to do is uh, make harassing lawsuits uh, great again and create an assault weapons ban that hasn't really been thought through and is created to cause division and rift, not save lives or uh, end violence or any of the things that they've uh, hidden behind. That being said, let's get on with the show. We've got a poll going, so we do appreciate the people that join us live to say thanks. One of the ways we say thanks is we have a poll as often as possible using the technology that's available to us on YouTube. And tonight's poll is who wins this war? Yep, it's not Wednesday. It's not actually a tactical quiz, but we're using our tactical quiz terminology over here. The war is between travel and training because often it's that that's a that's a debate, right? You only have X amount of dollars, so and X amount of time. So uh travel and training, it's often a debate, it's often a challenge. So tonight we're putting them head to head. And as you might expect. It's a freaking tie. So we got quite a few votes already. And travel is at 33%. Training is more important. Is at 33%. But also at 33% is I cannot decide. Both are amazing. So what's that going to tell us? How do we boycott any of this? All right. So let's dig in. This is uh, a live show. So if you're listening to this live, you can help determine the course of the conversation by putting stuff in here that can be used to have conversation about. So let's just go backwards, I guess. We were just talking to uh, or listening to the Sand Hills Media Channel. They had Beth Alcazar and the guy who's married to Beth Alcazar on. They had Pat in a bunker for a little while, who may or may not be out there right now. They had uh, Defense Dad, of course. They had Travis who with Defense Dad did uh, Thunder on the Prairie this year. They also had some other guy who I don't know his name, so I don't know who he is, but he was some sort of a trainer. And uh, they talked about things you wouldn't or that you'd like to say to a student. Kind of an odd topic, but, you know, I'm a different kind of firearms instructor than most. My credentials in firearms instructing were because I could get them for free, not because I had any interest in instructing in firearms. I just like learning stuff and I could get the, and I traded effectively, I traded the uh, credentials for some work and I did. So I got my credentials, just got to experience the tr instructor training for NRA, uh, three of them, uh, I don't remember anymore, small guns or something. And then like, carrying outside the home. I don't remember. NRA has really weird names for those classes, and it was a long time ago. But um, I guess that's the only thing. 
except for maybe back in the olden days that I can uh, claim to be an instructor for, but I have never taught a class. I've filled in a couple of times since I am technically an instructor, and I've had friends that are instructors. I filled in for like a, a little while, but that's like while well, somebody's at lunch type of thing. Um, anyway, so nobody's asking any questions. It might be pretty short. Uh, we had uh, that conversation earlier, and that was kind of odd because I don't think I can think of too many questions that an instructor would like to say but wouldn't because we wouldn't be an instructor if you didn't understand or have empathy for someone who's learning and have a desire or a sincere interest in helping them succeed, then you'd just be some kind of a-hole. You wouldn't be an instructor. So I don't think of too many instructors. It's not like police or doctors who... You know, they have to be professional and they have rules about their, you know, what they do in uniform. But then when they go in their locker room, they say all kinds of weird stuff. I've never seen firearms instructors in the locker room laugh at a student or say weird things. They may understand, you know, emphasize with each other, empathize with each other's situations for having strange things happen. But uh, if anything, they, most of firearms instructors I've seen look at it as... Uh, adding to a collective knowledge. Ellen Aker is saying, I used to teach old ladies how to make videos out of their vacation pictures, like slideshow pictures. That'd be pretty interesting. I noticed you've been doing, speaking of instructing, let's go over to the internet and then we'll go to subscriptions. Oh, I don't know if I'm subscribed to him on this channel. Am I subscribed to that channel on this channel? I don't know. Let's find out. Um, um, if you go back a few days on the uh, thing, I guess maybe I am. So talk about instructing. There's that video. And then a few days earlier than that, maybe it was it Sat Sunday? There was another video where they're basically telling all their secrets. So if you want to buy stickers, don't. Just wait a couple of days. They're telling all the secrets to everybody, and you won't even need to do nothing. Just buy a bunch of equipment, and then you can make your own stickers. So uh, where's that other one? I know it's back here somewhere. How many downloads, how many things are there? There it is. Oh, no, there's another one. I forgot about this one. So they got this one where they added a laser to a robot recklessly and then and then they just expect other people to hey what do you know you should be a good idea add a laser to your robot no big deal just do it it's cool they encourage people to be reckless but then where's that other one i forget what it looks like there's another one in here where they're instructing on how to uh use all kinds of computers and stuff here we go how to set up cut lines on adobe illustrator which is basically easy anybody can do this now so there's two minutes of instruction on that and then uh i don't know why it would be a halloween thing there's no reason to do a halloween thing in july but whatever put this over here boom 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 there and there's a link to that video from alan anchor and then on this one they talk about how to make this lamination so again you could go to all the trouble of buying stickers or you could just grab a couple of pieces of equipment and then make your own stickers free, basically free. So just keep watching their videos and then you won't even have to worry about buying stickers anymore. You just have, basically, you just have free stickers at that point. So that's been kind of interesting to watch, uh, you know, what they're doing. 
I've seen that machine in a different place before. So interesting. All right, so let's see. We also had Jake on from Off Talk America the other day. And well, we didn't talk about training. I noticed that very few instructors include awareness of mental health in their instruction. I suspect Brooke Cheney might, but not too many instructors do. Although I have seen it before, uh, especially with instructors who deal with uh, uh, veterans and depending on the kind of class and stuff, uh, when you get into some of your operator classes and contractor classes, uh, when it can be more, again, like the locker room, uh, it can have more real conversations about some of that stuff. So we had Julie Galoob on, or I, we didn't, but Great Start Shooting School, I had Julie Galoob on earlier today, who is a competition shooter, an author, and an advocate, and a professional shooter at this point. But uh, I suspect also an educator in some ways, or an, an instructor, and uh, this respect that she wrote a children's book to give uh, some instruction and awareness to little kids. All right, well, we're not getting too much uh, interaction from the audience tonight. We don't give enough stuff away. You don't get a lot of people to show up. So we had a pretty good show yesterday. We'll see if anybody throws some stuff out there. I don't really like just talking. Uh, I had a couple of things to complain about with the uh, training thing. Let me go back to last week's training thing and I'll see if I got any notes in there. Let's see, I might be able to go to my channel, my good channel and find the good channel. I guess I gotta go to subscriptions. There we go. Go to the videos, we'll go back a little ways. Oh no, not the videos, the community tab. Go back a little ways. Looking for Sandhill's post from last week, which I believe would have been right before the Friday post. There you go. And there are, in fact, some comments from it. So their thing was, let's talk about training. And uh, let's see. So they had Great Start Shooting School, Top Shot Chris, uh, Cool, and... Oh, they only talked about gun owners radio. Then they had the gun food dude on and riding shotgun with Charlie, many of whom are instructors. There's a good question, thanks. So um, I'm gonna go back to that question in a second and just uh, try to remember Sandhills' chat. So, I put in here a couple of comments, uh, a great conversation, because I only got there for the last hour of it. I was in Yankees chat before that. Um, it always is good to see instructors in a roundtable environment, in my opinion, because unlike barbecue, who only sees results, um, I see I like to experience the differences and nuances and the subtleties and the strategies and the experience 
uh, shown through ability or actions, right? So I really enjoy going to classes. Uh, most of my experience with training is uh, through just observing. I, never, I, I, never, I don't like to participate in the class if I can help it because i got to pay more money for it. And I don't really need the credential. So I, I enjoy the experience of it and the students, of course, because just about every class that you take that's decent is going to have time breaks, lots of breaks usually, so that students can absorb the information. And in those break times, you have an opportunity to meet sometimes, but always observe and get an idea of the type of people that are showing up for the class. And that can be, well, it is as interesting or more interesting. Well, it's definitely as interesting, sometimes more interesting than the subject matter, especially depending on how many times you've experienced the subject matter. But the students themselves are interesting as a group because every group of people is interesting. However, a group of people that have a common interest in a specific thing to the point where they're willing to spend usually a lot of money and spend an entire weekend devoted to this one task is interesting because when they get there, they're like sponges that paid a lot of money to be dry so that they could go get wet together. So when you get to be part of that experience without having the same skin in the game, not everybody's going to like that, but it's, a, it's an interesting experience. You certainly get to, to understand a lot of what's going on because you don't need to take the same kind of notes as everybody else. You're there to observe and to observe the class. So it's a really interesting thing. So uh, taking a lot of classes is neat. And um, uh, I, I guess I'm talking about this comment where I said I thought it was neat to see a bunch of instructors get together and chat. I mean, they're in public, so it's okay, but they started to let their hair down and get kind of comfortable. So it got, uh, um, it got more interesting, at least after that hour, I was in there for sure. So uh, anyway, so it was interesting. I would like to see them in an off-air environment for sure, because then you get a lot better taste of each of their styles and their, their uh, focus. So what else I put in there? Topic for future instructor roundtable. And this is the thing I came up with in Yankees chat earlier that night. Learning to shoot as a kid is like learning to swim or learning to ride a bike as a kid. You just know how to do it. So how is that different from learning those things as an adult? And then for the instructors, it would be how is it different to teach that to people as an adult? Because that would be pretty interesting, I think, to listen to different instructors explain that. Uh, so let's see, we got Riding Shotgun with Charlie. Charlie Cook is the uh, guy who does gun grams. He plays a gun, uh, plays a gun and shoots an instrument at the same time. And sometimes he does it the other way around. And then he also does the interview show where he drives around with people. They ride shotgun with him and he chats with them about their Second Amendment experiences and uh, projects that they might have going on. Ultimately interesting show. He just had episode 150 this week. Gun Food is a dude that runs an ammunition place and he's been uh, active in the conversations lately. I don't know if he's an instructor. I'm assuming he's an instructor too. Uh, I wasn't there for the hour, so I didn't get to hear his input so much. And then Gun Owners Radio was just brought up. Um, but the guy who is riding shotgun with Charlie's 150th episode host or guest, I guess, 
uh, is one of the guys from Gun Owners Radio who is an instructor. And there's actually an interesting episode 150 of Riding Shotgun with Charlie on the topic of training, because we can also talk about travel there, on the topic of training, right? That was an interesting one because that guy is a gun owner who as an adult became more interested in guns and then became to the point where he wants to be an instructor. And he has an ultimately different experience as an instructor than I've ever heard. Let's put it that way. He's cool, but he's definitely different than the instructors in Arizona. You can think you get a taste of it in Riley Chaco and Charlie's interview with him, number 150. Then there's a great charge great start shooting school which is brooke cheney who does the uh, suicide prevention saturday project she's been interviewing firearms instructor instruct, instructors we just talked about her talking to um i can't think of her name the girl that we were just talking about julie galoob and then uh hopefully she's going to talk to gabby franco one of these times but anyway so Brooke does uh, her own shooting school, a great start shooting school. And her whole thing is, I think, mansplaining to girls, except it's called women'splaining, I think. So teaching new female firearms instructors, I think, for to, no, new female firearm shooters to shoot. But I think she also teaches dudes. Uh, she's also a competition shooter, so I'm assuming she has some classes on learning competition as well. Then you've got Top Shot Chris, who was on the show with them, and he's in California, and I'm, I'm sure he is an instructor. I don't know how much instructioning he does since he's more of a competition shooter, well, a competitive shooter, a uh, exhibition shooter, uh, a comp like a professional shooter, meaning he just goes around and shoots at events, I think, for the most part. But he won a shooting contest from being an amateur and being self-taught and that's sort of his thing. So he's got a book written called Top Shot Chris where he teaches people how to shoot competitively from amateur status or you know not having much experience. So uh, his insight was also interesting and I think a lot of his uh, instruction would be more familiarization orienteering, orientation, well, at least mix those up, orientation type class, I'm assuming. And then you get Eye on the Target Radio, which is Amanda Suffolk, and I'm not sure what kind of an instructor she is, but it sounds like she's done some instruction as well. I'm guessing females, but I don't know. And, uh, right, so anyway, again, that was a pretty decent uh, conversation to listen to. I'll jump out of there and get back over to some actual questions that are coming in live. So we do got more people showing up. Thanks for showing up live. I'll go for an hour if we can keep questions coming in this much. So we've got one poll out there tonight. For the question of the day, which is, I'm just going to close this and open it up this way. This is faster for me. Uh, the question of the day is, eventually it'll open and tell you who wins this war. That's what it'll say over here in blue when it opens. And then your answer, your options will be travel or training. And now we have equally travel, training, and I can't decide. So we still don't know which one is best. But we can go and answer some questions. So Woods is saying, knowing me for a bit, what sort of class should I start with? CCW classes are not a thing here. Basic pistol. So I don't know what that means. CCW classes aren't a thing here. I don't know what that means. Um, so the training is a large spectrum of stuff. I don't think of training as like just some sort of uh, grab a pistol and a holster and 
and start learning laws or draws or something like that. You've got your uh, uh, gunsmithing classes, right? Those are obviously ones. But then you've got classes on how to stipple or something. You might have classes on how to fiddle with 80 percenters. You might have classes on how to build an AR, something like that. So I might uh, suggest maybe something like that or um, uh, maybe something on like how to teach guns to kids or something or how to teach. You've got what's-his-face from, what's it called, Kid Safe foundation or kids safe Derek is up in your neck of the woods a little bit so uh, perhaps there's something out there where you could help with uh, some kind of developmental thing for um, well, I don't know I don't want to assume nothing there so I know that often uh, hunts and uh, guided not guided but like semi guided uh, adventures are set up for veterans and also folks with, uh, you know, issues where uh, it might be, I don't want to say behavioral, because I don't know if that's the word, but like uh, focus issues and that kind of thing. And people out in the environments that remove a bunch of stimulus, but then also give them a whole bunch of new stimulus. Uh, that might be something that's interesting or something where, um, you know, focusing on a sight, especially something like a 22 bolt action rifle, single shot. There's plenty of them out there, and there's ultimately not dangerous. And with a can or just with gilas or something, they can be to where they're not startling or scary or nothing. And that, I bet you, can give kids, even with BB guns or something, I'll bet you that can give some kids something that's, uh, um, you know, a skill set that they can improve on and a skill set that they can be proud of and see that there's a, a future in and, you know, kids that are going to dig the, the mechanics of it or are going to dig the physics of it. Is that the right word? The, uh, yeah, I guess it's physics, the geometry of it, um, you know, that kind of thing. And I imagine, I don't even know, I'm just throwing stuff out there, but you know, I bet you some kids are going to see it a whole different way, right? Like they're going to throw a grid down over it and see it as a bunch of data points or something. And that might be pretty interesting, actually, you know. Um, and then uh, what about uh, going the other way with old people? So uh, where you live at, there's got to be a bunch of super rich old people. And I can't imagine super rich entitled old people are going to go down easily. I mean, maybe they go down super easy for all I know. But uh, I'm assuming they're not going to want to just die right off the bat when they got all that money to do with whatever we're going to do with. So uh, it's possible that there's some sort of way to start getting elder classes going. Uh, nobody's doing that. And that might be something that you could get into. And that might be more interesting than something established or whatever. Uh, other than that, though, I don't know. Um, I don't think just because I do know you, I don't think you don't seem to crave that kind of stuff. Now, I'm going to say this on the other hand, because Woods is an instructor for people that don't know. He's a teacher. So I don't really care about going to CCW classes. It's almost ultimately boring because I kind of know a bunch of the stuff. We don't have that many rules or no complicated rules here in Arizona. And the stuff that was lame, like brandishing, we got rid of because we have the Arizona Citizens Defense League working on our behalf. So it's not too tough uh, to deal with the amount of data that comes through a CCW class. But what's ultimately keeping my interest, and for a long time, for years, I went to a CCW class 
on a regular, like as often as I could, is because I've really, really enjoyed seeing the differences between instructors. Now, I personally have had some taste of military stuff and I've been around some police classes and things when I was a kid. So I really wanted to be a cop when I was a kid. So I got some, you know, awareness of what goes on on the police and military stuff, maybe even in the locker room kind of thing. Like, you know, so I'm, I can understand some of the behind the scenes stuff and go into military law enforcement classes or classes that normal people would say are that, you know, just other things that are shotgun or not shotgun. I would never go to a shotgun class, but like a uh, AK class or a, a rifle class or something. The problem is people hear a rifle class and they think it's either marksmanship or they think that it is some kind of jumping out of vehicles. That would be an, a contractor class, like a class where you're going overseas to do something like executive protection or just uh, security work or, uh, you know, effectively being an operator, having to be able to do whatever in a crazy environment overseas you might train all kinds of crazy ways to learn the most least common thing for that because you're already at a level of skill and you're about to go exercise it so they want to kind of put you to some extreme tests to get you used to that especially if you've got already a team together a group of people that are going to be working together then of course you're going to sweat 10 times more in training than you ever are in the real world. So you're in those kind of classes, somebody who's an idiot or somebody that's just trying to be a jerk or whatever is going to say, Oh, they're just jumping out of cars or whatever. Again, that's like looking at the football team when they're doing some sort of bonding experience and saying, Oh, you know, they're not playing football this way I'm expecting it to be seen. So some of this stuff is exaggerated or condensed in order to, build multiple skill sets quickly or or kind of uh emulate the kind of stressors that would be involved in real life that are difficult to create in a normal environment so, so it's taking all that stuff aside and just talking about it standard rifle class i guess um go into something like that i think is super interesting because of a carbine class meaning a rifle modern rifle class taught let me just put it this way if you get it taught by somebody who comes from a boat like a seal or a navy guy or somebody like that coast guard they're going to hold their guns up because they're used to not shooting their boats right and if you take that same class from somebody in the army who's used to jumping out a helicopter or some kind of thing with a motor above them then they're probably holding their guns with muzzle down because they don't care about shooting the floor of the thing that's armored and they do care about shooting the engine up on top of them and that's just a very exaggerated way of saying nobody's right or wrong. It's just their life experiences and what they're coming to the scene with. And that's why it's so interesting to take classes. There's people that will wrap their class around the mechanics of the firearms. There's people that will wrap their class curriculums around their, in their circumstances, their experiences. And then there's people that will wrap their classes around what the students want, what the Internet wants. And all of that is fascinating. So if you can get into that, if you're going to get into that, my other advice is get a YouTube channel and start to share the experiences so that you don't have to pay for it, so that you can let instructors know that you're there to share. And then uh, instead of participating in the content of the class specifically, experience the teaching styles. And you might actually like that a lot. It'd take a little bit more than just paying for one class. But uh, to start with a class, 
start with uh, hunter safety. Most people started with hunter safety in our age group. Back in the olden days, if we wanted to go hunt, we would have to take a hunter safety class and there was no other classes. So that's the one class we would have had to take. And it pretty much told you how not to walk across the fence like an idiot and then not to not die if you got hyperthermia or something like that. Uh, my hunter safety class was approximately like one third of wilderness survival merit badge with one third of first aid merit badge. So it was very little like child level education. So taking something like that, it's probably a good idea. And then you take something like a, uh, NRA orientation to take at a gun shop at the counter and even get a little certificate, especially for people that are unfamiliar, unsure. They just like to see someone take it apart in front of them, take their own gun apart with someone else's help, put it back together and get something to let them know, give them the encouragement. Hey, you know how to do this. You've got a certificate that you did this already. And uh, that would be the next level. And then, uh, from there, it's kind of depends on what curriculum you want to go into. NRA curriculum is going to be different than USCCA. And then you're going to get other, I don't know, like what's it? Uh, Pincus's one, ACE or ISIS. No, not ISIS. What the hell? ICE. And, uh, you know, so there's some other curriculums out there. I'm sure there's some unscrupulous ones that you'll find. And, uh, Oh, actually, I've seen a couple of them in CCW classes now where media companies, content creation companies just created a CCW class and then a bunch of people just bought it and played the PowerPoint. So seeing those kind of things, contrasting and comparing, you might be interested in something like that. Uh, so that was a long answer to a question, but we didn't get a lot of questions. Krabby Turtle is saying, took my first wear and carry training class. It was fun and I look forward to more training classes in the future. So I think that's what you call a CCW class. And I don't know what it's like there because they just opened for you all, right? So it might be difficult and it might be expensive, but take at least another one. Take at least one more. If not, take more. You can't, I've never had anybody tell me, I did not like take my second CCW class because it's a whole nother set of students. It's a whole nother bunch of uh, questions and answers to those questions, but take it with a different person so that you get a whole different instruction style and you'll start to see what I'm talking about. Imagine if you would, you bought a guitar. Now, if you bought that guitar at the store, I don't know where the guitar stores are, but let's say you went to a guitar store, they must exist, right? You go to a guitar store and say, oh, I don't know how to play this thing. They're going to go, oh, here you go. You can go online and play these, or you can walk, look at this book or video or something, like maybe a VHS tape. Uh, or you could go with like Charlie and, or not Charlie, yeah, maybe Charlie in the back, right? And then, you know, you got those options. Or you go home, go online, look around, maybe on Craigslist or something like that. Maybe ask around to local schools or something and they'll go, oh, what's his face? The old guy used to play in a blah, blah, blah band and he teaches, except all you got to do is go over to his house on Thursday. He teaches anybody who shows up on Thursday. You know, you're going to find something like that. Now you're getting played by or getting learned to play by somebody in the blah, blah band or whatever. And then, you know, you got all that other spectrum. So it's just like that with with guns. So uh Whatever you go with, most people tend to start, if, especially people that have only taken one class. You can kind of tell when people have only ever taken one class because they only know one thing to say and they 
defend it. So once you've taken a couple of classes, you start to realize the things that you don't need to defend, the things that you were told that were just one version, right, that aren't uh, gospel. And some things are. And when you go to six different classes and certain things are said the same way each time, the laws, for example, like you start to figure them out. And then all the stuff that has a little bit of nuance, you start to figure out, huh, all right, I got you, I got you. I know what's going on here. And you can only get that if you experience a few, if you get some perspective. Let's see. Then uh, Woods is saying kids in general learn things faster than adults. Adults can learn complicated things, but slowly kids can learn basic things more quickly. And that's just because kids, well, adults get scared and then quit. So you can do things quickly as an adult. You just have to not be a spaz. Quit being a spaz, and then you can learn how to do things super fast. But, yeah, I've heard that, too. Uh, let's see. I'm hoping to help a few people out on Illustrator and this crazy printer stuff. Thanks for posting the video. Yeah, thanks for posting them. Those are interesting. And, uh, yeah, it's interesting to see because I would do the thing that you did differently. Um, making a around there however there might be a reason you're doing it that way well i think i could accomplish it a different way faster but you know with less steps or whatever but i don't know if i would accomplish the same characteristics of the final product that you need i know sometimes you need like lines and stuff that aren't visible for like that cut line uh let's see then uh but the cost to get my ccw permit are adding up not cool well all right that's something that sucks. But what are we going to do? Live in a world where we wish everything was free, like communism, or that pay for stuff we value? So I hear you. It, I don't do that anymore because I've experienced it. But I put a lot of put a lot of time and treasure into education and learning. It's not necessary, but I I appreciated it. You're going to be learning from a whole different group of people. When I learned, when I went to CCW classes, most every CCWI class, I guess I could look, was probably from 2005 to 2008 or something like that. It's not like I went to a million. I went to them from that three-year period. And then I quit going to them, so I was doing other things. YouTube came around, stuff like that. Nobody wanted their classes videotaped. It's a lot easier to go in and take still pictures, by the way, blog post a, a thing. Don't necessarily say you're going to video it. They may or may not be interested in that. But um, yeah, put a lot of time and effort into it, and that was sacrifice. But at the same time, uh, you get life experience and awareness, and you can't really put a price on that. So I get you. I can't even imagine, though, back east. It's got to be times whatever more. Mostly basic stuff. They added things not in the course. And it's, uh, it's kind of the same thing when I say experience a bunch of different CCW instructors. Um, you know, a pizza is a pizza is a pizza. There's crust, there's tomato sauce, and there's cheese. But you go to three different different places, and they're going to be different pizzas. And it's all that other stuff in addition to the cheese and the bread and the tomato sauce that makes each of those pizzas different. Now, almost all pizzas are wonderful. Some of them are amazing, and some of them are poor excuses for food. But, right, like that's the same thing with anything, so... Definitely recommend taking another one. Uh, let's see. 
like I want to go, but I don't know where to start. I've carried for 29 years. Training, uh, this first training is the first one you can get, literally. And then I think it's like, um, let's say you want to get a gun. I want to get a gun and go shooting. Well, that's a dumbass thing to say, but people don't know that yet because they don't got a gun yet. So they get themselves a gun. They go to the store, they get conned into buying some stupid nine millimeter or whatever. And like, damn it, not about the wrong gun. So they go back and they get rid of it and they get a decent gun. And they're like, this is amazing, right? I, I'm shooting a decent caliber. I feel like a real uh, useful member of society and not like some kind of loser scum metric. And then they go, oh, wait a minute. What's that person shooting? And it doesn't even matter what that is because it's different than what they got. And they go, hmm. And then for a while, they're shooting one of those, right? And then they go, wait a minute, what's that guy shooting? Oh, and they get one of those. And then what's she shooting? I'm getting one of those. Um, so with that, I think you could start anywhere. But I think I would, for you, I would start, like I say, so whatever the first thing you come across is and start to experience a couple of things. You might not like it. You might go, eh, this is lame. I don't like this after all. But you might go, oh, snap, now I see what he's talking about. I mean, to some extent, it's you're, you're getting credential or something. You're getting some kind of a class certificate. So there's some reason to go. So the first couple of them, it's like, you know, I'm doing this for a reason. But if you start to like it, then the reason isn't necessarily tangible so it might not be all that interesting for everybody but after carrying for 29 years i don't mean nothing nobody gets nobody goes you might get a driving no what do you have to do get a picture taken i don't think there is a test again so most people drive their whole lives they never get quizzed on any of the new laws and there must be new traffic laws right none of us have to Nobody ever cares either. Nobody's like, oh, look at all the cars on the road. I'm so worried that they aren't all up to date. None of them have had defensive driver training. Oh, they're all driving amongst each other. Oh, they're driving over the speed limit. Oh, they have multiple people in the car. Oh, they have cell phones. Oh, it's raining. Oh, some of the cars you know, are red or whatever. Like, there's all these things, negative things. But uh, let me keep going. So have you taken a training course in every state? Oh, hell no. I have taken classes in Nevada and in Arizona and then in other states, I guess. Um, but not recently, just Arizona and Nevada. Those classes covered other states, but uh, no, that would be interesting. Um, I don't know if I have that much interest anymore, only because I don't have that much time to do it. Because a, a class would take eight hours and then you would also be um tethered to the time frame of the class you know the class starts at eight in the morning and it lasts till whenever that means you need to be at that location unless you're gonna and especially if you're not paying for the class if you're just experiencing the class auditing it then you better be invisible you better be there early never make a squeak and you know leave at the end so that everybody else gets the attention of the instructors that they paid for right so you can't show up late and just expect to get any kind of treatment or whatever if you're literally just watching a class. So that required, that would require for me to go to other places and be there on time and then sit around for eight hours watching a class and then get back on the road. I would never be able to do it. Even if I was retired, I don't think I would do that. 
it was fun to do classes because I was in Tucson or I'm in Tucson. I was in Tucson during the years when the assault weapons ban ended. Uh, the internet was growing rapidly and firearms were a massive piece of that. People were experiencing the, the surplus of the global war on terror, which was the first people coming home with massive amounts of training that were training each other and you could go to those classes. So when someone who was at an ultimate level with the military being trained by ultimate level people for years, putting that into, you know, into experience, putting that experience into use for multiple years and then coming out and instructing the, each other, the, the, the existing other guys that are still in there and anybody who's interested in learning or the new people coming in that take those classes and these were public classes so anybody else who wanted to show up and i would just call these guys and go hey i'm not going to get in your way do you mind if i show up and take some pictures and they would say oh so and so said it was cool yeah no, no worries come on in so uh you know those were some interesting classes at an interesting time for me i was experiencing younger veterans who were just a whole different world. We didn't have nods and stuff when I was in. So all of that stuff was just, I was experiencing it and it was all kind of new. This is a different new, so it could be super interesting now. It's just that it's not my interesting and I'm way too old and I'm not going to put any of it into use. There was still theoretically a time 25 years ago when I could do something about it. And there was a certain obligation to under, you know, to be capable when you're older than that, you don't have the same obligation to be capable, do we? Maybe we do. But uh, I don't think I would take a training class in every state, even if I was independently wealthy anymore. I would rather go hang out in museums in every state, you know, that kind of thing. I just have different interests now. I would, I would support them, right? I would be interested in them, and I'd definitely listen to after-action reports. I just don't have the interest in the whole eight-hour thing. Uh, we don't have CCW classes because they are not required. That doesn't make any sense because every state still has them. You can always, if, was, if there's constitutional carry, then you still have to travel. You still have school zones. You still have uh, purchasing at gun shops and stuff. So people get CCW permits. Now, the only state I'm aware of that quit issuing them was Vermont. They never issued them. So if they conditioning on them. I'm not aware of it. That's one thing, but I would still take a CCW class. And in Arizona, I never took a CCW class during constitutional carry, but that would actually be kind of interesting if you were doing it because it's probably a little bit different. Um, not laid back, just different because you know, it's just a different world. A lot more people are carrying and whatnot. Uh, that's exactly what I ask them do they offer cqb trainings for elderly and the handicapped you're not going to find too many that do that yet however we're finding aging instructors who are ultimately capable who are going to start to offer that because they're either going to experience it need it or their peers will be requesting it you know all of that will happen at the same time nobody's really paying attention to this because it doesn't fit any narratives right now but the greatest generation the boomers or whatever i guess actually the boomers are about to age out they are about to get all old and fall apart and lose all their money in front of everybody 
So there's going to be a rainfall of money coming down. And that's probably what a lot of politicians are banking on that uh, old people bubble that's about to happen. Uh, nobody pays attention to that. But the reason the country's in the position it is because a heck of a lot of people were born after World War II. And those people got careers, paid taxes. A lot of them are on pensions and they're getting old and they're doing their thing. So those people are going to have requests and demands that are going to put the little kids to shame because they're old and they got the money and they're going to, well, I don't know about the votes, but you know, it'll be interesting, but I definitely, I, I would think I would be completely surprised if we don't start to see very soon old people classes or whatever. Cool. I don't know what you're supposed to say to old people to make them not feel bad about being old, elderly, ancient, soggy wrinkly i don't know whatever all those things are we're about to be hopefully we grow into all of them things i wonder what they said so crabby was saying he asked him about them what did they say about it smeggy is saying the local range had a class for after you got a c concealed permit license i don't know what that means carried i don't know what a cpl is i want or a concealed pistol license probably i wanted to take it but i was like eight weeks or it was like eight weeks one hour a week and I travel a lot for work. I don't understand anybody who would put once a week for an hour. I feel like they should be punched once a week for an hour. That's a stupid schedule for a class. Maybe two hours for a month. But for eight weeks, two months, I'm going to forget what I even signed up for two months later. That's ridiculous. In 2022, and I guess that was a long time ago, but still. Um, but I guess it, if that worked for people, then it worked for the instructor probably. And then, you know, he said, Hey, this works for me. If you want to show up, do it. And people probably were like, okay, I'll show up. They spent time on the range, uh, teaching shooting skills and mindset and all stuff, self-defense. Well, I almost guarantee none of them teach mindset. That's a little dirty little secret that, uh, most classes try to teach you stuff and they don't really get you prepared for what the stuff is entails or where that you know the environment that that stuff is in the best classes the best classes hands down you come out at least one day because the best classes are multiple days um the best ones make you come out and go and leave the class at some point and go seriously go i'm i'm not sure if i want to carry a gun like this this is something i got to really seriously think and if you've taken any ccw class and you came out gung-ho i'm going to suggest you might take another ccw class and experience a different set of instruction um i'm L guy saying seven thumb up thank you for that Pina Woods is saying i might be able to take an intro to handguns then advanced pistol okay so if i'm just talking hand if i'm just talking if we're just talking classes like general run-of-the-mill classes handgun classes are taught by people who are don't know who they're teaching to right because who knows who's showing up to a handgun class it could be a novice it could be some cop who's getting continuing education or some kind of mandatory up training or something you know or getting time off because he's taking training or something uh it could be some anybody right it's it's hard to know who's taking a handgun class so typically a handgun class is going to be a lot of fits and starts and 
you know, you never know. You could be the slowest person in the class. It's a bunch of cops and operators and you show up and then it's like uh, this guy. And then they're waiting for you on everything. And that's it's interesting. You can handle it, but it can be intimidating. Then there's the, you know, one or two good people, but they're too busy showing up. You know, there's all kinds of different scenarios that can happen in a handgun class. I'm not a big fan of handguns. Rifle classes tend to be a little different because a whole bunch of people just ain't ever going to take a rifle class ever, period. Done deal. What, guess what that means? They're never going to show up to a rifle class, so you're never going to deal with them. Pretty nice deal, actually. But there's some people that do show up to rifle classes that are lame, and you got to deal with them. Otherwise, everybody else that shows up to a rifle class is on the fucking spot. Like, they are awesome. So rifle classes have been some of the best classes ever. Intro to handguns, I don't know. Like I said, I did give you the advice to start with something basic. And usually the good news is that most of the basic stuff is very short. It's hours, you know, hour, half an hour. So it's the kind of stuff you can knock out quickly. And you never know. You might end up really enjoying that for some reason. And uh, some people really, really, really just like uh, giving those brand new people their first introduction. You I mean, pretty much, unless you're an asshole, whoever your first person that shows you how to take apart your gun, they're your best friend for a long, long time. I mean, I don't, I, you know, I don't know that experience, but I can assume because I've seen it happen. Um, whoever the person is that helps the new gun owner at the shop they just made best friends with that gun owner. It's just natural tendency. So um, there could be something there, but that's more of instructing, I guess. Uh, taking a stop the bleed is critical. So everybody should take a CPR class. Why? Because unless you don't have old people around, what the hell? Or babies, what the hell? Babies don't know how to start their own lungs because there's no babies. Old people refuse to start their own lungs because they're old people. So people that can move their arms and mouths, I guess now you don't use your mouths anymore. Back in the days, we used to French kiss everybody that went down. You fall on the ground, we're French kissing you. But uh, nowadays, you just get to rub their chest or whatever. Um, it's kind of an obligation to not be an asshole human to know, first, to know CPR. Now, I guess some people are like, I don't need to know CPR because no one told me I had to. Therefore, it's everybody else in the world's job to make everybody else live not mine and somehow everybody's supposed to love you even though you're not going to help anybody else but whatever stop the bleed is cpr for the rest of the world because cpr you got to be large enough to be able to do it uh you got to be of the cojones to want to save somebody's life um without getting into it i've been in circumstances where i've watched a lot of people stand around and not save someone's life so it's really fucking easy for people to go, oh, that guy didn't save that guy's life. I've been in rooms with regular human beings. Nobody is used to this. Like, it's not something that comes naturally to people. People have to train and become accustomed and then eventually get used to it. But when someone's dying in front of you, most people stand there and attempt to make it stop in their mind. They attempt to make reality different and it doesn't work good and that person dies in front of them so having the ability and the wherewithal to jump in and stop somebody from dying is pretty epic and it only freaking takes a moment to stop somebody from bleeding to death and again if you got children if you got old people i'm not saying it's an obligation but other people would tell you it's an obligation 
So that's a good point. Stop the bleed is like a two hour class or something, and it gives you effective abilities and skill sets to stop someone from dying. And it's free. Uh, let's see, Project Child Safe can fuck off. Don't put links to that shit in my channel. Let me go delete that real quick. Uh, I don't agree with everything NSSF does, and that's crap. So I'm removing that one. Wait. Oh, can you just remove it? It's making me block you. I don't like that link, though. Um, I don't believe in Project Child Safe. Project Child Safe was done the wrong way. The words are great, you know, for whatever manipulation they're trying to create there, but it hasn't been effective, and uh, it's garbage. They uh, they scold gun owners for being effective when they could have they could have held us up and used us as an example of a of a sector of the country that effectively stopped accidents without any kind of state intervention, and instead they scold gun owners. It's a horrible project. I'll tell them anytime they want to. I've told them publicly plenty of times. I appreciate you removing it. So the next one is, I don't know anyone that shops at guitar stores. I don't either. Um, I don't have to imagine. I buy more guitars than guns these days, okay? I definitely need to chat with you in the after chat, so I'll send you an after chat link in the Instagrams. Uh, training is like pouring water into one vase and pouring it into a different shape vase. The water now takes on that shape. Variety fosters continuous learning dude that's very bruce lee-ish i like it i don't know if you came up with that or if that's uh something you heard before but that is i'm putting a star on that one gunmetal guys went in it with that one training a skill set and then the application of those skills is experience right something like that so yeah that's awesome uh psych to take another class we'll try other places and instructors thanks uh, wouldn't be a DGS without a nine millimeter, stupid nine millimeters. Uh, then we got mandated training and minimum standards leave a lot to be desired. Um, yeah, I don't know. Mandated training is the, um, is the, uh, I don't want to deal with this. Let's just, right. It's like the, oh, let's just, you know, it's, it's that answer. Like, eh, let's just do this instead. So it's the. I don't know what that's called. It's like the blow-off default garbage. Luckily, I don't know of any player that actually does that, except for, um, what should I say, except for occupations that require stuff. There's nowhere that I'm aware of. Well, I shouldn't say that. CCW classes, I guess, are mandatory. Uh, let's see. So then once I get the Maryland and D.C. permits with the Utah that I have... I'll have a pretty good range of states. Yeah, Utah used to give me like 30 back in the day. And I would need Utah to get to Vegas for a while. And then I got a Vegas one. And then they kind of flipped around. And now my Arizona one, use, you think it works in Vegas again. But um, wait a minute, does it work in Vegas again? It might not work in Vegas again now that I think about it. Stupid Vegas. So uh, another one, let's see, besides Utah would be Florida is the big one or at least had been the big one that gives you a 30 state reciprocity as an out-of-state florida 150 bucks or something though they weren't cheap in fact it was one of the most expensive ones 
Thanks though, DJ, for dropping all these other links up there. That's our Ko-Fi place where you can buy us a cup of coffee. Appreciate it. We use that money to do things with it. Uh, still need to get a PA and Florida. Yeah, there you go. I didn't know you could get an out-of-state PA. I've never heard of anybody getting an out-of-state Pennsylvania. One time when I was hanging out at the shop, this guy from Vegas came in, and he was from the city of Las Vegas. And in the city of stupid Clark County, Las Vegas, you have to have a separate permit for each gun you might carry. So in the rest of Nevada, you would have a permit, and on that permit was the guns you qualified with, and those were the guns you were allowed to carry. But if I qualified with a Caltech P3AT, which I did, I could carry any Caltech P3AT, but in stupid city of Las Vegas, Clark County, you had to have a separate, uh, you'd have to qualify with each gun. So if I had three P3ATs and I wanted to carry each one because one was green and one was blue and one was yellow and I wanted to have them with my different tuxedos, I would have to qualify with each of those different Caltechs. So this guy came down and was telling us all about this way before we had our Nevada permits. I don't think I even had Arizona permit back then. And uh, and he had like a stack of permits. He like had half his wallet was permits. And he had them from, I forget how many states, because there was a couple of states that made him do the same thing. And he was a bounty hunter. And he was uh, way into telling everybody he was a bounty hunter and doing like that. So uh, he was more than happy to pull out all the CCWs and show them to you. But I've, I've literally seen like a half a wallet of CCWs so that this guy could carry multiple guns in multiple states. Again, that was <clears throat> early 90s, or not early 90s, early 2000s. For those trainings, they currently building curriculums. He said the same. Demands are coming. Are you talking about for the elderly and the disabled? differently abled. The trainings are currently building curriculums. Yeah. I don't know. I think that there's already curriculums built, but uh, not specific, at least. I mean, I don't know of anybody specifically teaching classes like that, but I have to assume that the instructors that are out there are such a caliber that they must have put effort into this. There's a thing called FTA, the Firearms Trainers Association. Every decent instructor that I know of is in it. Not everyone, but the decent instructors that are out there are in it and they're a group that's designed to uh, give instructors an opportunity to get together and collaborate and stuff from what I understand. Um, it'd be interesting to see something like you know, a public get together and um, talk about elder carry and what we're going to call it elder carry. Uh, I was in class he has to move to a 90 person lecture holy moly that's got to be worth going back for dude you've been to a 15 person class which is i don't know if i've ever been to a class more than 15 people 15 people is kind of a big class so wow 90 people in a ccw class i guess i have been to a class that big at front site before that was that 30 state ccw thing or whatever where you could get for three days we sat there getting the curriculum from pretty much every ccw class Actually, now that I say that, I guess technically, I mean, I didn't follow through and get the permits because I didn't have that kind of money or time. Um, but I sat through that class where it went through the Minnesota, the uh, Washington, I think, the Florida, some other states, and then Nevada and 
Utah and Arizona. And it went through literally the, it went through the minimums of all of those states. And then, and if anything was not included, it would add those things. So usually the minimum of a, you know, difficult state is going to be way past the minimum of an easy state. So they took whatever the, you know, the most difficult minimums taught that to everybody and then added whatever pieces. I can't remember any of it, but I guess technically I went through a 30 state CCW, but it was in Nevada. It was literally at front site. Uh, I don't know if anybody else does anything like that, but um, it'd probably be tough to have um, to pay for an instructor, you know, because I think it was like three instructors that had to teach that in order for it to all, you know, to accommodate it at all. It was at least two. Uh, what is this? OFS, come study with the Old Fart Shooting School. Hmm. Offs. Multidisciplinary approach to self-protection. Register today. 1-800-OLD-FART. Uh, we do CPR every other year at work. That's a good schedule, I think. It's the kind of thing that uh, it changes for some reason all the time, which is fine, I guess. It teaches people not to be rigid, but... Uh, Everybody should know it because of babies, because of mainly the babies, and I guess the old people, but mainly the babies. How, how horrible would it be to live a life watching other Oh, I just don't even talk about the rest of that sentence. Old people are just bent over kids. Uh, Stop the Bleed can now be taken online. Oh, I didn't know that. That's super cool. Thanks for that. Let's go check that out real quick. So it is actually put on... What's up with that? Am I offline? What's up with that? What, I don't have internet anymore? They censored my internet. Ah. No, come on. What's going on here? Stop the bleed, dhs.gov. That one works. Become empowered. Keywords, active shooter. Fuck you, Homeland Security. Assholes. Uh, stop the bleed. Is it going to work this time? There we go. Over 2.1 million people have learned to stop the bleed. You can too. Um, get trained. New online course. Thanks, man. So there we go. Boom. There's a link. Now everybody can take it. Here's the deal. We got like five points of blood. It likes to leak out of us because it's liquid and gravity. So if there's a hole in us that's not normal, you basically got to cram something in there. Not a tampon, but something that will create capillary smushing, right? Your blood vessels all get cut. What do you want to do? You want to let them bleed out into a, you know, something that's designed to absorb blood? No. You want to crimp the ends of all those little vascular situations, all those little straws that you cut, those little flexible human straws of blood, right? You want to crush all them so that blood can't flow out of them anymore. That's literally all you're doing. So what you're going to do is go in there and cram a bunch of gauze. Clean gauze would be better, but it doesn't matter because what you're doing is stopping the blood from coming out of those tubes that were cut. That's all it is, period. That's it. Cram something into the hole. And they teach you a couple of different techniques and then you have that awareness and then again little old lady little baby boom you can help them uh do you watch clint on thunder ranch at thunder ranch 
I am not as big an advocate of Clint from Thunder Ranch as some people. I'll know, I know a ton of people that have hung out with him. I've never met him ever. I don't think I'm trying to remember. I don't think I've ever met him. I don't think I've, I may have been in a room with him, I guess, but I've never like shook hands or said a hey to him or nothing. Um, and not intentionally. I just have not, I like rifle shooting, but I like uh, using a rifle. He teaches marksmanship rifle, like using a rifle at distance. And I don't, do that so it's just not been my thing he's a marine right so i think he's a marine so he's just you know he's into the the experience of teaching of being with them is a big thing and i appreciate that and i've experienced being with iconic instructors before so i totally get it it's just not my instruction so i'm not going to waste his time and he literally has relationships with people that last for a long time and i don't expect to just get that from walking up and hanging out with them right without like putting in the time to know them and all that and i just don't see that happening i'm not gonna uh he runs his place a lot like gunsight remember gun he comes from gunsight he was uh um i can't think of gunsight guy he was uh dude's sec first big uh instructor the first instructor to leave and then when he set up his place they ended up you know, being friends and he runs it a lot like that. So it's sort of like, um, uh, some of the instructors, a lot of the, not a lot, some of them, the alumni have a very family like atmosphere and thing. And the Thunder Ranch alumni are like that. So if you're not that, then I'm not going to go, you know what I mean? It's just not my thing. So I'm not going to, I'm not, uh, gonna go i would probably years ago when i was still doing stuff mid 2000s i would have totally gone and hung out with clint not to take the classes like i said i'm not interested in shooting long range but to experience the class for sure so i would have but like i say i'm just not into training as much as i was if he'd hang out at a museum i'd hang out with clint smith all day long because his stories and stuff must be freaking amazing i've hung out with a lot of nom guys so I don't know what they're like nowadays because I hung out with them a long time ago, but I definitely uh, dig that. Not anymore. I don't know what that's supposed to mean, so whatever. I came up with that saying, my friend, you okay to use it? Right on. I will, if I remember it. Um, let's see. In D.C., need to register each firearm and can only carry two 10-rounders. You mean like two 10-round magazines? That's pretty weak. But it's an incremental step towards leaving people alone. Uh, New York Outcast, uh, who owns and creates um, RNL displays, custom-made artisan quality handgun and rifle displays out of New York. Go to R and R, like the word Roger, and like the word and L, like the word Lima displays r and l displays.com uh new york outcast gets an out-of-state pa permit problem is you have to go into the sheriff's office office to get it yeah that's what it's like in oregon so states where this county is the uh does the uh, one that just gives out the ccw permits they have the weirdest situations same thing in uh, Nevada, like I was talking about. The one county is different than the other county. So everybody, well, at least we all went to 
the one, you know, the Pahrump County to get our permits because they weren't weird like Clark County. So for us, it meant driving an extra like an hour or something, two hours, three hours on the trip to be able to get out to the Pahrump Sheriff instead of the closer Clark County one. California, it's the other way around. They get to drive an hour less into Vegas. I lost where I was. Because on New York, Elder Carey. Uh, there's the link to that. Oh, I guess we're getting towards the end. So uh, if you want to elder carry, we elder care at the Old Fart Shooting School. Hmm. All right. Jeff Cooper. Thank you. Couldn't remember Cooper for some reason. Uh, we talked a little bit about training there. We didn't talk too much about travel, however, but it is an hour in. But we do get the... Uh, Ideally, how long does this class take? Does it say? Um, online course, I'm going to go, come on, stop the bleed. What the hell? Two. Look at that. I got to hit it like three times. This interactive course is a virtual alternative to the in-person lecture presentation. The Stop the Bleed interactive course gives individuals through the three methods of bleeding control using, wait, guides individuals through the three methods of bleeding control using video demonstrations, interactive learning, and spontaneous quizzes. Nice. This Stop the Bleed interactive course is free to all students and will be taken multiple times to learn and refresh knowledge of the Stop the Bleed course. All right, it doesn't tell you how long. It would be nice of them to say, it's a 20-minute course. Would that be that hard? Does anybody know how long this online thing is? I feel like just doing it online. I mean, going live and doing it. Is anybody going to stop anybody from doing it online live? Oh, here we go. Estimated completion time, 25 minutes. So I guess what we're going to be doing tomorrow, live Stop the Bleed course. That's right. All right, well... Uh, I'll just set this up after the class here. I will be dropping Alan Anchor if they're still awake. A link. We're going to be setting up some. Uh, we're going to be setting up a bunch of plots. We're going to be plotting some things, and then uh, we'll be back tomorrow with a weekly wrap up. What does that mean? So on Fridays we uh, take a look back at what was created throughout the week that had a focus on our Second Amendment and what it protects, and uh, pretty decent week, pretty weird week, and. Uh, I talk about the cycles. I talk about the people that have been through enough of the cycles to have made the decision to exploit the circumstances from new gun owners and gun owners who aren't paying attention to the cycles. And I'm hoping that people will see those who just paid no attention to the last two weeks when we had an assault weapons ban come up for debate get threatened to be pushed through the Congress. We were all told for two days that it was taken off the table. Now we're being told it's putting back on the table and you'll find people out there that haven't made a mention of it. And then uh, as soon as something happens, see how many people make mentions of it. You gotta start paying attention to this. It's why I'm so cynical. Why I only lend support to those who are authentic and are actually interested in evolving the conversation instead of exploiting and making money every time you know the circumstances go through the same kind of back and forth that they tend to go through 
DJ's throwing the link out there to the Capitol switchboard. So we have a couple of different people to call tomorrow. This is all happening in the house, which means you can call that number, but they're probably going to send you um, to the web page, or maybe they won't. I don't know, actually, if you call that number and ask for it. That's, a, that's the Senate number, though, um, I believe. The, uh, I've never called it for the Congress. What they're going to do for Congress, since there's 300 and whatever, 25 of them or something, 324, they're going to send you to a two or to a web page, and that web page has all the individual phone numbers. What it doesn't have is a switchboard phone number, else I would give it to you. So feel free to use that, and I'm I'll test it tomorrow also. But it's a, a good project tomorrow to get up and make some phone calls to encourage others to exercise your civic um, civic opportunity. I don't like to keep calling it a responsibility. Uh, there's there's people in other countries that wish they lived here and they wish they had the opportunity to have to participate civically in the country. There's observers who suggest that they are proud of the country they sit in and observe, but then they don't really pay attention to what's going on. And um, tomorrow's a great opportunity not just to participate, but to encourage a whole bunch of others to do so also. Let me think of a great uh, thing I just saved over on Instagram. I'm going to go grab it. I think I can find it pretty quick. Yep, I see it right there. So I think who posted this? Battle Comp. It's going to take, we're talking about training and we're talking about travel. So I'm flipping over to travel now. Uh, we used to go to SHOT Show once a year. And one year I went to SHOT Show and I hung out at this military thing. There's some military things that happen at SHOT Show, but not that many because it's not really, it's, it's shooting and hunting outdoor show. But because there's so many law enforcement and military there, there are some military things that happen, but only from companies that do other things like FN, right, HK. They already do military stuff, but they do civilian stuff. So they're going to maybe do something military, a little extra. And they do some stuff that's invite only that normal people don't care about because it's not really all that fun for the rest of us. It's just opportunities for military um, procurement and just, you know, people in that realm to put fingers on triggers and to have conversations that they, you know, they just need to have occasionally. So I went to one of these and you couldn't really take pictures and we were having a good time meeting people, but um, I don't really care about pulling triggers. I got to pull some interesting triggers there, I guess. But that's where we got invited to a, an event. And that event was hosted by Battlecom. I think I can safely say that. And that changed SHOT Show. I had been going at that point to SHOT Show for like seven years or something. And, and then for the next seven or something years, SHOT Show was better, even though it was worse because it was at the same place every time. SHOT Show was better, and it was because of Battle Comp. I don't want to get too much into it, but uh, Battle Comp kept the soul of SHOT Show alive for a lot of people. <clears throat> and I know a lot of people wouldn't even have shown up at SHOT Show if it wasn't for the event that Battle Comp did. And then that made it overall weighed the scales and made it worthwhile to go to SHOT Show. Otherwise, without it, I'll bet you a lot of people, especially military people, would have decided not to. Would that have changed things? Well, some people who are all or nothing, there's some people out there that are all or nothing. I don't think it would have changed necessarily anything on the surface, but it may have influenced the Magpul party. 
it may have influenced some other things and those things gave SHOT Show a uh, culture. And uh, I think there would have been some consequences. So I just like to always take a second because those were seriously some of the best times uh, on the road in the gun community were at the Battle Comp event. They make uh, muzzle brakes, attachments for the end of your barrel that both reduce signature and uh, uh, so sound signature and dust. So they're kind of a mix between a brake and a, uh, and a uh, sound device. Not a sound device, a uh, flash hider and a muzzle brake. So they don't just, they just move the sound. They don't quiet it. But they do it in such a way that's clever and useful. Lots of people used them both uh, professionally and, and operators. And uh, just an awesome company. Every once in a while, they post something profound, and that's how I'm going to end today's show. Uh, I don't know what this is from, but some guy named Plato, who uh, said at one point in history, in the days when dudes wear robes around, the price good men pay for indifference to public affairs is to be ruled by evil men. I want to thank everybody for showing up tonight. Thank Battle Comp for making SHOT Show have a soul for many, many years. Thank Brooke for being a great instructor and a uh, role model for so many people. Thanks to y'all for showing up tonight and being part of the show. Lots of questions out there. Let me ramble for like almost 90 minutes. And we'll be back to pick you up later. Saturday, we play a show on Saturdays with Tony Simon and CloverTech, if he's going to be around. AskGunQuestions.com is a website that we built back in 2007. And since then, for the last 15 years, people have been able to ask questions of simple to advanced nature, and we attempt to answer them in different ways over the years. Join us now as we start a new series to answer gun questions. Tonight's episode, Photo Finish. The guys and gals at gunwebsites.com encourage you to take a CCW class every year. Practice once a month and carry every day. Thank you for watching gunwebsites.com.